This is a Baby Brunch podcast. I believe also that you should involve your children more in terms of like the fur babies um daily life so mm. the feeding schedule taking them for a walk etc um this i believe instills a bond between them and um values of discipline um accountability and responsibility this podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior Gentle All-Purpose Emollient Moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with Epimax. We've talked about pets on babybrunch.co.za before, but today we're also honoring our parents of fur babies. Perhaps you're a parent or a parent-to-be of a fur baby. We're also talking about the relation of pets and babies. So we're bringing in our vet. If you want to know more about behavior and also how to train your pet, you're welcome to listen to our podcast that talks about dog training. That also on babybrunch.co.za. My name is Ilana Afrika Bredenkamp. If you are watching and listening to our podcast for the first time we are very honored to call this south africa's number one parenting podcast and so for more of our other episodes you can download our app it's called baby brunch also follow us on our website it's babybrunch.co.za i'm very honored because i don't have anyone touch my babies and especially when it comes to my fur babies now recently we took tracy berry in and i met the most beautiful doctor i say that because a lot of people are listening and they can't see what you look like. Now go to our pictures on babybrunch.co.za. You had the friendliest smile. You were so calm while we were actually frantic. <laughs> I remember bringing it in really early in the morning and I was traveling on the day. And while I'm trying to break down in tears, you're just like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> you're going to be all right. So please give a warm welcome to Dr. Mateo Masia. She is a vet from Petstream Vet Clinic. And it is wonderful to have you here. We're in our studios in Midrand and she's based in Midstream at Petstream. Uh, and you can visit them at any time. Ask for Dr. Masia if you want the best treatment for your animals. Doctor, warm welcome to Baby Brunch. Thank you so much for having me you're most welcome thank you so much i'm gonna fall right into it i mean we're talking about fur babies if you are in the market for a pet you're ready to have your first pet you are a couple who's ready for your first fur baby a cat or a dog or a nice venomous snake what should we keep in mind i mean what have you seen in your experience I mean, it also it all depends on um, what the family um, structure looks like. So, do you have children or not? Um, and also, what you're looking into is it a dog? Is it a cat? Or is it a bird? Or whatever it can be. But I believe that researching beforehand what you want and if it is going to fit perfectly with your family um, is what is I would recommend for. For pets and, 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 and parents, sorry. We, we often find ourselves in a situation where um, in parenting, you know, you get married and then people kind of go, when's the baby coming? You know, mm -hmm. and then they go, so when's the second one coming? And um, sometimes couples feel that we need to have a pet or families feel the children are now ready for a pet, you know, as if it's some kind of milestone uh, for them to. Yes. What, what's your what's your opinion on that? I mean, do, is it a must have in families with children? I mean, it's not compulsory or is it it's not a must. 
must have, but it's a it's a good thing to have. I mean, to build that relationship with something that loves you more than they love them and loves your kids more than they love themselves. So it's a it's a good thing to have, and I would definitely recommend if parents are looking for that. I mean, it's a love all year round, every day. It's funny you say that. We've got a meme that we shared on Baby Branch, <laughs> and it says, uh, when you have teenagers, which in the case I do, but I've got still littlies as well, but it says, if you have teenagers, uh, please get a dog so that someone is happy to see you when you get home. So okay, I can yes, hear what you're saying. Definitely, yes, yeah. So it is a love all year round. Yes. And, and I hear what you're saying in terms of the bonding process. Mm. I mean, I've written down some questions that uh, we are really curious about. And so in your experience as a vet, What's the most common problem that you have when it comes to pet and children? When people visit your vet, what are some of the issues that that come up? Okay, most of the problems that I encounter that involves children and pets is unfortunately um, accidents. So the children dropping the pet, especially in smaller ones, so like bunnies um, and accidentally injuring them when they're playing on the trampoline or something like that. Um, And then also feeding them table food, um, which can cause problems in the fur babies as well, so like upset tummies, etc. And also overfeeding is say they are not used to um, feeding the pet and maybe mom was not there. They just fill up the bowel to what they feel the dog needs. That's what I've experienced so far in terms of um, children and pets. But the two almost seem like they don't go together. I mean, in our other podcast, we talked about animal behavior and so on. And even though we all want the best for our children, I mean, I am guilty as charged because the other day I offered my children hamsters so that we've got two hamsters in the house now. We've got too many dogs, too many children, mm. two, two, and now we've got two hamsters. And I had to go onto the internet only after I bought them to have a look at how to take care of them because I didn't know but mommy really wanted to get them these hamsters and so do you do you find that that's common that we have animals and we actually don't know how to look after them it does happen that's why I'm saying it's important to research what you want and how it's going to fit perfectly into your work life or um, into the family as well so that's why I said initially to always research um, what animal you want and um, what breed it is in their nature and um, how to take care of them as well it, it is something that also a veterinarian can offer so before you get that uh, fur baby you go to your nearest um, veterinarian to ask for um, advice on okay um, what do they know about certain breeds and etc mm. um. what if you travel a lot i mean is that an issue could you never have a pet if you if you travel often? Uh, we still live in two cities, and I often explain that to people um, because they expect me to be in a certain place because yeah. I'm a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when we're not home, we have someone that takes care of our pets. But we, I think, we're very lucky and very blessed. But not everyone has that luxury. So if you know that you travel for work often, do you do you rather go without the love of a pet, or what? How do you do that? I mean, um, you mean travel to mm. to 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 like live somewhere else yes. for a while, for a while, vacation, or do you mean being away from work? Being away for for work and being away from the animal. Okay, so um, I would like to answer in two ways in terms of like being away from work and being away for holiday. So in terms of work wise, if there's someone at home, um, then. By all means, you can have a pet, but if there's no one at home, I mean, there's some um, fur babies that have anxiety and separation mm-hmm. anxiety is sometimes a challenge and just 
not having the owner at home is um, very frightening for them. So um, you would obviously have someone to be always there to monitor them, to feed them, to just check that everything is all right. But if it's more of a traveling thing, um, it is a good thing that you can travel with them. Um, so as long as their vaccinations are up to date, especially rabies for South Africa, um, then you can take them wherever you go for holidays, down the beach, etc. So um, I wouldn't say you shouldn't have pets just because you're not always home, just as long as that there's someone monitoring at home and um, you can always take them with you when you go on holidays. Are there certain dogs that we avoid when it comes to kids and children? I mean, when you just mentioned dog and trampoline, I was like, oh no, or bunny dropping them. You know, I I can't imagine anything worse. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes we don't know and kids, I mean, it sounds fun to take your doggy onto the trampoline and to jump with him. Yeah. But not when they, my kids call it popcorn. So they sit and I have to jump. And even though I'm getting stronger, my legs are also getting really tired. Yeah. And then they hop high into the air, you know, and mm-hmm. and they the bounce. The babies are just oh, bouncing. Shame, like man. All right. Um, so I wouldn't say um, it's a general answer in terms of like it depends on what age your child is at. So toddler versus teenager. So... I mean, it's common belief that with toddlers, you must have smaller size breeds um, of um, a pet um, for them. Although uh, this is a common belief, I've I've realized that um, most of the smaller type breeds do not tolerate small children because they're very possessive um, and they also not um, tolerable to tugging of tails, etc. Mm. So they can... Uh, you can have fights um, very much uh, quickly in terms of like a toddler also wants their toy, the puppy also wants their toy and it's a smaller breed and things can happen in that way. So um, for smaller children, mostly avoid smaller breeds, um, although it could be a personality thing as well. Not all Pomeranians are the same, so it depends on the age of the children, basically. That's in- interesting, like a tug of war with a, with a toddler and a toy, and yeah. that makes sense. It's something that our animal behaviorist and, and trainer, dog trainer, also said, where, uh, you know, um, you, there's certain games that children can play with their dogs um, and, and tug of war is not one of them because yeah. you you don't want anyone to get into trouble. Mm. Do you do you often find that parents introduce the wrong pets to their children? Yes. Um, so like the previous question I just answered. So if it's a Pomeranian and your child was four years then, um, once they're 14, it could be something that can work out rather than if it was a four-year-old. So mm-hmm. yes, I do believe that. Do our pets carry harmful diseases? I want to kiss my snake. I want my dog to lick my face. Mm. <laughs> yes, they do. Unfortunately, sometimes can carry um, um, diseases that um, are termed as zoonotic diseases, meaning transferable from pets to humans. Um, one of the biggest one in South Africa is rabies. And obviously that can be easily avoidable with um, routine vaccinations, sometimes intestinal parasites like worms, um, especially hookworms and tapeworms, um, and external parasites like ticks and fleas that can jump from the fur babies to the pet children and um, obviously routine vaccinations, deworming and tick and flea can avoid that. Um, birds do also carry things like chlamydia so from kissing them directly you can get um, such diseases from 
um, parents. But obviously, if they have a good health of status, then you shouldn't worry as well in terms of them transmitting that to you. What's what's the vaccination schedule like for, for dogs? I mean, do they, can I get rabies from my dog? Yes, so vaccination schedule starts mostly from six, eight weeks, roughly. Um, five in one is the first and primary vaccination. It is done three times, three to four weeks apart. And then rabies is first introduced when they're three months and mm. older. So by the time they come for their third um, five in one, they're also getting their first rabies, which will need a booster in one month to nine months time. It also depends on where you are and the recommendation of your veterinarian and then once a year after that. I'll so just call is. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do dogs get flu? Yes, uh, um, there is something called canine cough or kennel cough um, which is basically an, um, a viral um, disease that um, affects dogs um, and it's transmissible between dog to dog um, it affects the windpipe it gets inflamed and they can get secondary bacterial infection which um, can then complicate things and can lead to even pneumonia so yes they can get um, flu and they mostly get it where um, there's increased number of animals so like daycares kennels etc but it can be anywhere even meeting that one dog that was already affected. Okay. Yes. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Oof. <laughs> How do we keep our dogs uh, hygiene? I mean, the, my, my, my Jack Russell smells like fish. The puppy, who, Tracy Berry, who's bigger than all the dogs, mm-hmm. smells like nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the bulldog, oh, boy. Uh, you know, when, when she was born, we used to brush teeth. Mm-hmm. Now we just spray the things that you get over the cut, do they work? Do we brush teeth? Do we not bother? (laughs) I mean, the older they are, the more plague builds up in the mouth. There is something called a dental, um, which is something that is done under anesthetics where they scale their teeth the same as they do in humans. It is something that can be done roughly once a year or sometimes twice a year, depending on how frequently this plague build up. You can always go to your nearest veterinarian to do something called a dental check to see how dirty the teeth are. Normally, if that scale and polish is done, there's less breath orders. And then you just maintain with your um, pet dent, which is the liquids or um, treats that you put to make the teeth smell nice. Uh, can I use human fluoride in dogs? No, because um, oh. they, if they, 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 <laughs> we don't swallow, they swallow. Okay. And they can get <laughs> easily poisoned. So no. Can I use doggy fluoride on children? No, I'm sure it doesn't taste as nice for them. But I wouldn't know. You can ask the human doctors. <laughs> Do you believe that training kitties? Our children could help our dogs, could help our animals. Yes, I do believe that training for both parties, really, Mm. um, fair babies and children can help in a better relationship between the two. So training children in terms of telling them what to do and what not to do around their pets. So do not pull the dog's tail, do not um, take Mm. the food away from their mouth while they're still eating or do not take away the most loved toys or something like that. Okay, so that um, helps that they avoid accidents between the two or fights between the two and then um, I believe also that you should involve your children more in terms of like the 
fur babies um daily life so mm-hmm. the feeding schedule taking them for a walk etc um obviously you always do this with um adult supervision but then um this i believe instills a bond between them and um values of discipline um accountability and responsibility between um the children and pets love that yes. and i'm learning a lot this is really wonderful when when i mean i'll t- i'll tell you the strangest story it's not funny it's strange mm-hmm. the other day my husband's driving in irene and someone ahead of him drove over a monkey and he got up and the monkey ran away so now i'm calling i've, I've got this guy who i call mm-hmm. obut you know we're not related but he's like my obut so i call yes. him and i'm like what's the what's the rules he says don't touch the monkey because he might be hurt and then bite you mm-hmm. you know so don't yes. don't be if if one had to run god forbid over a dog or you see one next to the road that needs help. What does one do? I mean, um, what you can do is, um, especially this is something that we always practice within the midstream where I'm working. Um, if someone run over a dog or a cat, they take them to the nearest veterinarian. Um, obviously, the first thing the veterinarian would do is try age and stabilize and then try to find who the owner is. There's something called microchips mm-hmm. that they place them on the back of their shoulders, which you can scan. And then when you look under the website, it tells you who's the owner what's their contact details and then they can take the treatment further from there mm-hmm. after finding the owner okay so I, I don't believe in just leaving them there just mm-hmm. take them to the nearest vet and then they can find help there okay yeah what do we do with dogs that come out i mean with our um dog trainer we talked about you know you go for your run you want to feel relaxed but there's that nervousness of knowing that someone has left the garage door open you know and they're gonna come out and find you um what do we do with dogs that that are, have this desire to run with you in the street? You know, <laughs> they just want to be outside. Huh? Well, uh, as far as growing up, what I know is that um, if you see a dog running towards you, do not run away. <laughs> Because it will obviously outrun you and then catch you. You don't know what's the intention of the mm. dog. So just stand and see and let it greet you. Some, they literally go back after greeting you and then you continue with your normal self. Um, but otherwise, I would always advise trying to keep animals in clothes because that's how accidents happen mm. as well. So like getting hit by cars because not everyone is running. Some people are driving and they can mm. easily drive over them so to keep them enclosed and safe why is there an age restriction to some animals so hamsters said not until the age of five i think you know there's why why is that i mean for 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 the exact reason of the first question that i answered where is um the accidents that you meet between children and pets Mm. they can easily drop them and they're so tiny just one for even if it's not one meter high they can literally um, have brain damage and Mm. then you'd have to put them down so it's a matter of how gentle are they to handle um such pets yes you know when when god forbid a dog bites a child the the one thing that the first thing you want to do is take both to the vet you know (laughs) do you do can, can you stabilize a child are you able to as a vet it's not in our training no so not unless you did paramedics, by all means, yes, but it's not compulsory for vet. Don't take your child that. to the vet. <laughs> they don't. They can't stabilize them unless they 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 study to be paramedics. Mm. Socializing, we we talked about uh, 
you know, in, in, in much detail with our dog behaviorist and our trainer. And I think it's wonderful that you, that you ask these questions. Um, recently in one of my talks as well, we did um, a big unpacking of planning. You know, planning is not just in our getting an animal for the home or in our five-year plan for our lives or mm-hmm. uh, before getting married or before uh, having a baby, before having a pet. What else do we include in our plan before getting an animal? Okay, so I would say it depends on also what animal you want to get. Mm-hmm. So obviously the type of animal you want, the breed, and then the characteristics to see if it fits in perfectly with the age of your child or does it not. And then pet insurance as well, um, very much important because those bills can be costly there by the veterinarian. <laughs> and then um, also, obviously, the nearest veterinarian you can take them to. So it doesn't help where you stay like very remote area and um, you have a, a pet or even a horse and then they have an emergency and there's no one nearby to mm-hmm. be helping you. With with so many animals that are in shelters or that that are really struggling, mm-hmm. you know, um, do you want to say something on that? I mean, as a vet who's dealing with animals every single day and some are getting really good care and others are getting, I guess, very little care. This, this depends on also like um, what sort of background medicine are you practicing so that's why we encourage things like sterilizations this is to reduce the population of um, pets mm-hmm. um, in in the country and hence reducing the number of pets that end up in shelters and mm-hmm. by all means if you wanted to get a new um, um, pet that's a place that you can also start mm-hmm. looking maybe you can find um, your love all year round from that place as well I mean they 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 still there they still alive alive so that means they able to still give love to someone mm-hmm. else so yes Well, moms and dads, moms and moms and daddies and daddies, as long as you do your planning, you can have all year round love from a pet. If you have any more questions, uh, I reckon pop it in the comment section and perhaps we can uh, ask doctor to answer it for you as well. Um, I've got one more question. Mm -hmm. Recovery on those puppies after sterilization is a nightmare. Just give me some advice because they've got how many stitches? Probably six stitches in the tummy. Mm, the bigger they are, the more, more they is. So yeah. it's like about three in smaller, about um, five, six in bigger. But it also depends on how big the incision was. And my dogs have become so clever that everyone wants to lick the stitches. Yes. They help each other. <laughs> <laughs> Please give us some post post-operative care advice for sterilization in dogs. Is it? Uh, well, what we always um, 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 recommend is that you must keep them as still as possible, as manageably possible, <laughs> okay? And reason being, too much movement can tug on those stitches mm. to come apart, especially the internal one rather than the ones outside. Obviously, no leaking. If there's any form of leaking, you would either do bitter cream, something like Avid, that you apply around the wound to prevent that cream them is from really making, bitter. Yes, it's bitter even for humans yes. as well. Yes, or a cone of shame. So around their neck, that prevents them from leaking themselves. If you're only considering one animal, and then there's no really thorough cleaning that you need to do. But obviously, you must do daily monitorings to look at mm. how the stitches and wound looks like. Is it? severely swollen is there any discharges coming out if any of those are coming then you would 
obviously take back to the veterinarian that did the sterilization. And then it's only earliest 10 days, latest 14 days that they have the stitches and then they're out after that. So <laughs> It's the longest 14 days of my life, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Put this in many other stories. Follow us around uh, at Baby Brunch SA on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Also, babybrunch.co.za. Doctor, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Shout out to Limpopo, guys. She's from there. Hey, guys. (laughs) Hello. Hey, guys. Hi, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores.